What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Health and Fitness Facts on your favorite podcast, 20 Minute Fitness. I'm your host, Charlie, and I want to say I hope you're having an awesome day. Today, we're going to be looking at calorie-free or sugar-free sodas, diet sodas, and energy drinks. Are they doing more harm than good? Before we kickstart this episode and get into it, I want to say a massive thank you to our sponsor, Shape. As you know by now, Shape are building Shape Scale, a 3D body scanning scale that will honestly really help you to reach your fitness goals faster and track your progress. So check it out at shapescale.com. We're also on the Amazon Echo, so simply say, Alexa, play health and fitness fact of the day by 20 Minute Fitness to listen to all of our short episodes. So if you're like me, and I'm not saying this is a good thing, you sometimes need a pick-me-up before powering your body and spurring you into your next gym session. And for me, this often comes in the form of an energy drink. However, in the past, I've tried to make what I believe to have been a responsible decision, and therefore I've chosen a calorie-free energy drink. As if I'm trying to lose weight, I don't want any unnecessary empty calories. But is this really the right decision? Now, an energy drink in itself should not be a necessity before getting yourself up for a gym session, but am I doing more harm than good? by choosing a sugar-free, calorie-free energy drink instead of the normal product. I wanted to explore this further. I'm not a big soda drinker, but the same principles apply really. So if you like sodas, your Fantas, your Coke and Mountain Dew, you may think that you're making the right choice by opting for a zero-calorie or zero-sugar drink if you're looking to lose uh, body fat, for example. But this begs the question, what is replacing the sugar in these drinks? How are they calorie-free? And again, are they doing more harm than good? All interesting questions that we're going to look into now. So first things first, calorie-free does not necessarily mean calorie-free. According to the FDA, if the food contains less than five calories per reference amount customarily consumed and per labeled serving, you can use the term calorie-free or zero calories. So drinks such as White Monster, which is often used by fitness YouTubers, claim to be calorie-free. But once you actually look at their nutritional information, you'll see that there are are minimal calories, around 11 per can, which is 500 milliliters, or just over two calories per 100 milliliters, hence why they can call it zero calories. But aside from water, there is no truly zero calorie food or beverage. Now let's first look at sugar-free drinks or diet sodas. What does this mean? What is replacing the sugar to give the, the taste that Diet Cokes get? Well, the average 12 ounce or 330 milliliter can soda contains about 150 calories, with most of them being derived from from sugar. And the American Heart Association and the American Diabetes Association have stated that using artificial sweeteners in place of sugar can be an appropriate method to combat obesity, metabolic syndrome, and diabetes. These organizations emphasize that artificial sweeteners are not cure-alls for heart disease and obesity, but they can help people attain and maintain a healthy body weight. But again, as always, there are conflicting studies that sort of go against this. A review of studies, for example, titled Sweet Taste receptors, low energy sweeteners, glucose absorption, and insulin release, quite a title, came to the conclusion that a number of recent studies that they assessed using animal and human cell lines have shown that low energy sweeteners can stimulate intestinal enteroendocrine cells to release glucogen-like peptide 1 and roughly translated, this means that the ingestion of food and beverages containing low energy sweeteners, or, or the, the translation of this amongst other studies, shows that the ingestion of food and beverages that contain these low energy sweeteners may act via these intestinal mechanisms to increase obesity and the metabolic syndrome, as appetite can be increased due to a triggering of hunger hormones, altering sweet taste receptors, and triggering dopamine responses in the brain. 
However, data from numerous publications on the effects of low energy sweeteners on appetite, insulin and glucose levels have shown that there's no consistent evidence that shows that these low energy sweeteners increase your appetite or subsequent food intake or cause insulin release. So the discussion as to whether they help with weight loss is inconclusive, but really the majority of information or research out there does show that they can help with weight loss if you are someone that is trying to make a switch from normal soda to diet soda. And in fact, one study had overweight participants drink 24 ounces of diet soda or water per day for a year. And at the end of the study, the diet soda group actually experienced an average weight loss of 13.7 pounds compared to 5.5 pounds in the water group, which is really interesting in itself. You may also have seen article 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 recently saying that sugar-free drinks contain aspartame and aspartame is an artificial sweetener that can cause cancer. An artificial sweetener, for those of you wondering by now, is a synthetic sugar substitute that's often derived from naturally occurring substances, including herbs and sugar itself. Although some of these sweeteners come from natural substances, they are highly processed. Some of the concerns about cancer and aspartame stem from the results of a study conducted on rats that was published by a group of Italian researchers, and it suggested that aspartame increased the risk of some blood-related cancers, like leukemia. So this 2005 study proved that when given high doses of aspartame, female rats had a 69% chance of developing cancer compared to those who received no aspartame. Now, you might be thinking, gosh, it's time to put down the diet soda, but what this report doesn't mention is that consuming a high dose of aspartame would be the equivalent of drinking up to 2,083 cans of diet soda daily. And again, humans are biologically different to rats, so it doesn't necessarily mean the same effect will occur in humans. What's more, in the US, Artificial sweeteners such as aspartame are regulated by the FDA. These products must be tested for safety and approved by the FDA before they can be used. They also set an acceptable daily intake for each sweetener, which is the maximum amount considered safe to consume each day during a person's lifetime. So according to the FDA, diet sodas are safe and lead to no long-term health risks, but most of the tests are conducted on people that drink less than the average daily amount consumed. So where are all these health scares coming from? Well, when your body processes aspartame, part of it is broken down into methanol. But the consumption of fruit and fruit juice and fermented beverages can also result in methanol production. But... As of 2014, aspartame was the largest source of methanol in the American diet, and it can be toxic in large quantities, but smaller amounts also can be concerning when combined with free methanol because of enhanced absorption. Free methanol is present in some foods and can be created when aspartame is heated, so free methanol consumed regularly may be a problem because it breaks down into a compound called formaldehyde, which is a carcinogen and a neurotoxin in the body. So from assessing the reason, research, I think it's clear to see that in moderation, the consumption of diet sodas is not detrimental to your long-term health. And again, switching from normal products to diet soda may indeed help you to lose weight. However, excessive intake, like of normal products like Coca-Cola as opposed to Diet Coke, could possibly lead to health concerns and it's not advised. And these health concerns are anything from dental health, where you know it's associated with dental erosion due to the acidic pH levels, to deteriorating 
promoting kidney health. For example, a recent study analyzed the diets of 15,368 people and they found that the risk of developing end-stage kidney disease increased with the number of glasses of diet soda consumed per week. And compared to those who consumed less than one glass, people who drank more than seven glasses of diet soda per week had nearly double the risk of developing kidney disease. But the information out there is fairly inconsistent and more research is definitely needed. So one explanation for this conflicting research is really that most of it's observational. This means it observes trends but there's a lack of information about whether diet soda intake is a cause or simply associated with the real cause. So more conclusive studies need to be undertaken. But for now, we would say that in moderation, diet sodas are okay. If you're wanting to limit calories, then they might be the right option for you. I hope this has helped clear up some of the queries about aspartame, whether or not a diet soda is more healthy, the frequency of which you should drink them, what's really meant by calorie-free, and so on. So take this into account next time you pick up a drink and just consider that, do you really need it or should you just rehydrate with a glass of water? Because in the long term, that's obviously what we do need. So that's all for now. We'll catch you very soon with another episode of 20 Minute Fitness.